Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 885 4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508 252 3359. Propane Heating and Cooling. It's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Now, you can always listen online at the website, tpetro.com. It's Friday. It's cold Friday, but it's sunny Friday. Now, a lot to report on this Friday. Now, first of all, I was at the State House yesterday afternoon, and then it was getting very cold. And you can see the footage. Hardly our first time there, but I posted it. Um, well, Governor McKee has certainly dug himself into a hole. Because now we had our legal expert on attorney Tim Dodd and he, his feeling first blush, and I'm going to replay it was that they can't remain at the state house, meaning the homeless, but governor McKee, you know, part of this, I don't know if it's him, if it's staff, but by all accounts, this has been mishandled. I believe this whole thing has been mishandled. Like I've said, Los Angeles has 70,000 homeless people. We don't have that. Now, I understand there's a lot of different dynamics here involved with this, but it's it's delicate. But I, I don't know about difficult. They're making it difficult. They've turned it into this is a blunder now at this point where the homeless, the judge is halting the removal of the homeless camp at the state house. So... I mean, should they be there? No. Should those people, uh, in fact, be somewhere housed? I mean, the answer is, you know, absolutely they should. Um, but but the, how it has been handled by the McKee people is is just beyond me. Um, it, it didn't have to go down this way. And now this is, he hasn't even been sworn in yet. And now it has turned into another PR disaster flub, or whatever you want to call it, by by the McKee administration. I mean, I, what is this? Now they've blown this one. So, and I, I don't. This, this is this is uh, this is definitely could have been seemingly avoided so i don't i don't understand why it went down this way why they decided but now i will say this about the situation at the rhode island state now first of all no i don't believe they should be there and number two it what's what i've been saying and it's difficult it's tough to determine who's really staying there and who's just a homeless advocate are, are there people really in all those tents? By the way, some of those tents have locks on them. And it, again, I have the video posted on the website, dipetro.com. Now, we also have Cranston PD Live. All the videos are on, not only on Facebook, but they're also on YouTube. But they're linked at the website, dipetro.com. So you can see our series now. We've had four episodes. Next week will be episode five of Cranston PD Live. So... Uh, and, and each episode seemingly is getting better and better. But sticking back to the state house, what is this? Now all these people are coming out against Governor McKee. He hasn't been sworn in yet. It it, it has been building. It, it but now this this is a problem. This is a problem because now they're 
Now they dug in. And as I was starting to say, I'll admit it is difficult to tell. Okay, who's the, there are, by the way, there are some homeless people up there. Not all of them are. Because now you have some church group people that are up there. You have, quote, homeless advocates. Remember, there's a lot of money floating around. So you have these different individual, individuals that say, I want to start an organization that I help the homeless. And there's more and more funding. And people are ambitious and they see an opening and an opportunity. And they say, you know, we want $1 million in funding from different agencies in the state. And then there'll be three of us and we'll pay ourselves a certain salary and we want free offices and blah, blah, blah. And then we'll help the homeless. So now you have people kind of taking advantage of this. But but the governor who the governor who I, I just don't understand who's who's making the decisions with Team McKee because now you have a PR nightmare where you have some attorneys. This started last night, and a judge halts the removal removal of the um, trying to get rid of the homeless at the state house. So you know he Governor McKee did not like when they crashed his tree lighting ceremony, and it started last fall when they allowed them to start camping out there and then it's been periodic throughout the year and the government key didn't want to say anything because of the primary let me play though this is um the latest here's uh here we go channel 12 state house grounds is less than an hour away so the people were given a notice on wednesday saying they had 48 hours to vacate the property 12 news reporter dana casula live right now with details on how one attorney is trying to stop this richard corley i think well, good morning. It appears there are fewer tents out here right now than there were yesterday morning. But for these people living outside the state house, they only have one hour to get out and pack up all their things. And well, they're not if leaving. they do not, they could be charged with trespassing. And these people were made aware by letters from the McKee administration given to them on Wednesday. The state solution was a 24-hour warming station at the Cranston Street Armory. But as of Thursday night, no vendors have submitted proposals to run it. The state has extended that deadline to December 15th. The governor's office said the individuals were all offered transportation, a bed, and a place to store their things. And if they didn't leave, they would be charged with trespassing. And we spoke to a man that is homeless, and he said he is furious. I'm here today to Adam. end this I know. completely because it's ridiculous. Adam Northrup. And it's not right to the people sitting here. Because the simple fact is, is everybody has to have a home, and this is not a home where you to live. I think he's a member of a church group. And now one attorney stepping in. He's demanding the removal of these people that are outside of the state house to be put on pause, and he will give his case to a judge in court this morning. Yep. Live in Providence, Dana Casulo, 12 News. Very nice. Very nice report by Dana. Now, I believe the, um, the judge now, a court has issued a temporary restraining order halting the removal. Justice David Cruz, despite the restraining order, no additional tents can be set up outside. So that was Rick Corley that filed it, or Richard Corley, I think. They said they didn't make the promise to the homeless. So for now, right now, as much as the governor was saying those who stay are going to be charged with trespassing, it it doesn't seem like anyone is going to be charged. Now, they want them out of there, but now it's becoming a matter of are they staying there? Is it a protest or is it free speech? That's interesting. Now, the ACLU has weighed in on this, but the judge has granted a temporary restraining order for this encampment. So let me play the, I just played for you the Channel 12 piece. I'm going to play the Channel 10 piece. Folks, Governor McKee, like, he's not even sworn in yet. And it's already a disaster. Maybe he and the mother should play cards with them. He has no public events today. Well, now, all right, here we go. This is uh, the Channel 10 story. Could also be allowed to stay past today's oh, deadline to move out. Here we we'll go. see. Local attorney filing a temporary restraining order to give them more time before they're forced to leave. Yeah, NBC 10's Allegra Zamor is live outside the State House this morning with why the governor says he isn't too worried about what might happen this morning. Allegra? Mm. 
And good morning, Mario and Allison. If that 9 a.m. deadline is upheld, upheld, all of these people who've been living here outside the state house <laughs> for weeks now will have to leave in uh. just a few hours. Now, state employees handed them written notices yep. just two days ago saying they needed to be out in 48 hours, prompting Scram. a restraining order to be filed by a local attorney. He says they can't tell people to get off their property because it doesn't belong to one single person. The ACLU is also considering legal action pending this yep. morning's deadline, calling it completely inappropriate and without legal basis. NBC10 asked the governor if he was concerned that this hey, is getting out of hand. Oh. No, because uh, we're handling this very, you know, professionally, and we're respecting oh. the individuals that are there. That's why we're they out hate talking em. to them in advance and telling them what's going to happen. Uh, and then, and then providing them with uh, the Before options Christmas. for shelter. So anyone who needs shelter in the state of Rhode Island that wants it, uh, it'll be provided over the next few weeks. <laughs> Now the hearing what for that restraining order is scheduled for 9.30 this morning and coming up in the next half hour we'll hear from the attorney representing all of these people yeah. who says he wants to give them just a little bit more time to move out. They don't want to move out. I, I do have that story as a matter of fact. So the, the judge has said that the, the, they don't have to go. He, he halted it for now. So folks, this is weighing down the McKee administration. It is bogging them down. He has not even taken the oath of office to be sworn in after the election. He took time off. He was gone for two weeks, comes back, and now you're dealing with this. All right, this was the piece, I believe, that Channel 10 ear. This was last night. This has the attorney, Richard Corley, who has stepped in and very aggressive posture, as a matter of fact. I like now there's cameras on them. I don't think the homeless people are going. I mean, they're gonna, they don't want any new tents. But in state police, Capitol Police were on scene to try to prevent any new tents from popping up. But I, I'm not sure they're going to. So the judge this morning in court, let me go to the Channel 10 piece, but he has halted them being removed. Out here, we still have a few dozen tents lined yep. up outside the state house, and in them could be the one of 40 people Richard Corley is representing in this case. We want the government to leave them alone. In a last-ditch effort to stop the sweeps... I have filed for a temporary injunction or a temporary restraining order. Local attorney Richard Corley going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the state of Rhode Island. With the Friday morning deadline just hours away, he's hoping to give the dozens of tent dwellers a bit of time before they're forced to leave. Everything should be put on hold until a judge makes a decision concerning whether they can be forced to leave. The state now also facing pressure from the ACLU. In a letter sent to Governor McKee Thursday night, they're calling his 9 a.m. deadline, quote, completely inappropriate and without legal basis. And pending Friday's deadline, they too are considering legal action. They are exercising their patriotic duty to try to use their constitutional rights so that other people that are homeless might not have to go through the same situation. The state says they're doing everything they can and is promising a ride and a bed to anyone who wants it. We're optimistic that uh, that the um, the individuals hey, are going to take advantage of the shelter that is being provided governor. so that they can stay safe. Dozens more are protesting the government's demands, claiming there aren't enough beds at the shelter, and the state is making empty promises. They said they're working on it, but they went ahead with an eviction while they're working on it. It's really unacceptable. The state house is not their home of choice. We just don't have enough shelters. Now, we just heard from the governor's office a few moments ago. Yeah, and they right said as of 4 p.m. today, 12 people have opted into one of those shelters. A hearing is scheduled for tomorrow morning in relation to that temporary restraining order. Until then, I'm live in Providence. Falk, NBC 10 News. Very nice. We've done. Um, now, again, th that was last night's report. I wanted to play it just because it had a mixture of sound. But what a disaster. Absolute disaster by the McKee administration. There's a total mishap. Now they're running around. Now the judge has issued a restraining order on moving them. Now they're getting all riled up. See, the problem is this is now a big win. This is a win for the homeless, more importantly, the homeless advocates. And there's a lot of them. Now, again, I was up there yesterday afternoon. Uh, and as I've said, I mean, that's not where I would choose. I understand why they're doing it to protest. 
But, and we're going to replay. All right, so this is interesting. Now I'm hearing the State House is on lockdown. Is that accurate? Let me just double check here. The State House is on lockdown. What a disaster this is. What is the McKee administration are just losing control? All right, so temporary restraining order. Is this true? The let me just double check here. The state house is on lockdown. Let me just double check that. Well, there, there's a huge number of people that now they're inside the state house protesting. So they started outside. Now they've moved inside. So now they're all chanting, I believe, around the Christmas tree. So, you know, now, I don't know how much longer they're going to be up there. Or, so, hey, the people are allowed to go inside the state house. I mean, Governor McKee has clearly lost control of the situation at this point. Um, th th this is, um, uh, and, and it's all, as I said, it's just self-inflicted. So, is that true? Lockdown? Let me see if I can, let me ask this, how do you know that? Um, Well, that's, they are letting a lot of people in. See, this is, what a disaster by the McKee people. That This was so avoidable, for crying out loud. Now, and, and I have been very clear. I, it, it's the way it's been handled. And the optics of this have just, they've gone from bad to worse, as a matter of fact. I don't know at this point who is running things or who the governor is listening to. We know that his housing secretary, this Josh, so the, the, guy, the guy's not even talking to the media. How, how are you the secretary of housing? And how are you the, the secretary of housing? And you can't, you can't even, you know, communicate with the press. Oh, well, let me guess. You have to, do you have to, you know, do you have to hire a, a spokesperson to do that? Someone said, oh, let's put them, see, they don't even investigate anything. The McKee people said, okay, let's, let's put them in the um, Cranston Street Armory. And the Armory is an old building. And this stuff has to be up to code and... I'm just communicating with someone. So it's on lockdown. Um, can can I see an email on that? Like how how were they told? Is it is it true or? I always have to you know someone can say that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that is definitely the case. Wow, what a mess. Now, in the governor, you know, he, the housing, uh, the homeless advocates, all these different, whatever you want to call them, poverty groups, they have now the governor. I'm just seeing there, a Superior Court judge issued a temporary restraining order. The order does prohibit new tents from going up. Now it's going to be continued in court until 1214 1214 <laughs> wait a minute it's 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 gonna continue in court till 1214 so that means next wednesday today's friday the 9th <laughs> all kinds of things are yeah i i need to see something Um, 
someone I, I, I know someone may say that, but that could people mishear things or what have you. Um I I I mean it's obviously a situation right now. There's a lot of people up there and they're inside and they're upset and so forth, but boy, what a disaster for the McKee administration. Twelve fourteen. Twelve fourteen. That's how long this this thing is going to be delayed. All right. Well, it looks like they're up there for the weekend. Let me just check the weather forecast. The weather forecast. It's it's today's cold. I mean, it's sunny out, but it's going to be chilly tonight. Actually, very chilly. It was cold last night. Felt like twenty three. The weekend, eh, not bad, but not warm. And then the weather next week actually is going to be cold at night. Look at that. Get down to 23 degrees at night. So, and then uh, a little bit milder at the end of the week. And I think there could be a, a dusting of snow. But what, what this is going to, um, I, I need a little more proof than people mishear things. I, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm I not doubting. And I, I want to be really clear with people. Folks, whenever you, I, I always, it's just so much better if you actually have something in writing. Normally things are in writing, uh, an email of some kind. I always ask people, how do you know that? Oh, someone, you know, told me that's what they said. I don't know. And, and then a lot of times, as I've said, um, people mishear things. And then a lot of times I get this. Oh, are you saying they're lying? I'm not saying they're lying, but people mishear things. It doesn't mean that they're lying. They People make mistakes or someone jumps to a conclusion without actually, oh, well, that's I thought they said this and that type of thing. So, you know, in this type of setting, I would prefer to have, if, if, if there's something formal going on, um, normally things are put in writing. It's very difficult when, when things are done verbally. But let me say this, folks. At, um, on this Friday, and again, you're listening to the John DePietro Show, I want to replay. I'm going to replay. We did speak with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. And, but th this is just turning into uh, a disaster for Governor McKee. It's, it's, it's now going to carry into next week. It's a public relations disaster. These are human beings. They're not going anywhere. Uh, people are going to go up there and give them food and supplies and money, and they're going to rally over the weekend and blankets and warmers. And, you know, now it becomes they, they're going to try to hold on to, it's like territory, right? Like now it's a game that if somebody leaves, then that's an empty tent. So if you're the McKee people, the McKee people want to try to get these people out of there and offer them various things. Now, someone was there's also a lot of misinformation. I mean, that part is true. Now, again, just to repeat, a judge has halted this business. And I know the McKee people uh, administration, the governor's people want to get them out of there. I also want to um, point out, as I was saying Yesterday, I don't necessarily disagree that the governor is pushing back on some of these numbers that get quoted. There were people walking around saying there's 500 people that are out there. And then there's all these people up there and there's 80 encampments. And, and I agree. But it's what, what I am at a loss at is why isn't a lot of this just being done privately? Why is this all playing out so publicly? And in the more that this goes on, you know, people are looking for cause. And now you're getting closer to Christmas. Now it's going to start to bog down uh, Governor McKee as far as his weekend activities. And then they start to follow him everywhere. So this is going to court. Obviously, it wasn't, doesn't seem like it was vetted that well. 
who was giving the governor legal advice saying this is how we should handle it as as attorney dodd was saying um he was you know tim and he'll speak for himself and that's why i want to replay it but he was saying that he believes it's it's essentially that they're trespassing i want to go back to folks how did these people because it's a fair question how did they end up at the state house last fall this group of extreme far-left progressives the co-op collaborative matt brown and at the time state senator cynthia mendez now he ran for governor she ran for lieutenant governor but the way that she got a lot of attention was they started the sleep out now they're nowhere by the way they're nowhere to be found this time around a year later but last year they were very engaged up there and uh this state senator cynthia mendez who ran for lieutenant governor she was trying to make the argument oh so you're saying i can't a state senator i can't sleep out here overnight so they'd all these people with tents and the state police and the capitol police said hold on a moment i want to i also want to point out the capitol police the state police they're, they're just trying to do their job and i think some of these people are going to try to provoke them into uh almost like some kind of an incident but they they initially said hey you can't camp out here they made a phone call and then they were told okay you can stay here the question is who took that call who said okay because that's what opened up the door now was it did it go all the way to the top was it governor mckee was it the head of the rhode island state police uh in that case would be colonel manny who's no longer even there but i you, you wonder was it in fact then governor dan mckee who didn't want a confrontation that said no it's okay let them camp out there well you know here it is 13 months later and that was a poor decision because now they can't even get them out of there now they're going to need i mean this is drastic so it's going to drag on we're going to talk about that it's obviously also big news with senator Kristen cinema is is leaving the democrat party she's going to be independent so therefore the democrats lose their edge as far as bargaining power over this also once again propels senator manchin into a power position and i'm sure there's a lot of back and forth uh with the republican party trying to get him to switch it's as simple as that as far as the situation in arizona they have no one to blame but themselves they they already had someone that was she was ready to primary her so she's looking at the landscape saying i'm not going to get knocked out in a primary the hell with this then i'll just be an independent and again i don't know how popular she is that she could withstand that but certainly doesn't want to uh, take her chances in a democrat primary all right but folks again the situation in the state house continues to just be a disaster for the mckee administration i want to we're going to once again hear from our legal expert attorney tim dodd on this uh, situation but the judge has halted it the judge has halted it until next wednesday so buying them some time and um and now that the situation seemingly could just spiral out of control much more ahead right here on this friday on the john DePetro show the next time you have an emergency head straight to atmed urgent care two locations 1524 atwood avenue suite 122 in johnston or east greenwich 5750 post road atmed urgent care urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families specializing in ambulatory medicine diagnostic treatment service at med urgent care they provide immunization school sports physicals they're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical orthopedic and trauma work-related injuries physical exams drug testing full laboratory services and with atmed urgent care they offer mononuclear antibody infusions you someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to atmed urgent care two locations johnston 1524 atwood avenue suite 122 or east greenwich 5750 post road online at atmedurgentcare.net
Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dupietro.com. Joining us right now, time for our legal segment. He is our legal expert, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's start off with uh, we've had this situation, unhoused individuals, some that are unhoused, homeless, others are advocates. But camping out at the state house, you know, this started last fall, and then it would periodically go out throughout, go on throughout the year. But, um, but on Wednesday morning, staff from the governor's office went and basically handed out sheets of paper to them, telling them that the state house plaza, if you will, on Smith Street must be cleared out. Uh, they'll give you a ride to a shelter. They'll take your belongings. They'll offer you transportation, but they want them out of there. Now, what's also interesting about this, Tim Dodd, is they cite this provision, which I believed was in place. I know it was a year ago. Where you're, you're not supposed to sleep overnight at the state house. These people are saying they're protesting. But at first blush, how does this look to you? Are they going to be able to successfully remove these people out of there? Well, I think legally, at the end of the day, the state has the right to move this encampment out, John. Um, they have no tenants' rights. They are not squatters by definition. They are simply trespassers. Of course, it's, it's a public space. It's the state house. But when they stay beyond the terms of what this local ordinance says about sleeping over on state house grounds, whether you're sleeping or whether you're awake all night protesting, um, I believe that activity is properly something that the state can move in to remove these folks. I expect that before Friday, um, there'll be some move made in the district court or potentially the superior court to get some sort of a restraining order um, to stop this all from happening. Um, that would be a situation where I think the courts would be, uh, the, uh, the plaintiffs in such a case would be preying on the court's uh, sympathies uh, more than the applicable law. Um, you know, we're approaching Christmas time. The shelters are all full. There are certain logistical problems in getting these folks, once they're moved off the statehouse grounds, into appropriate facilities. Um, but I don't think the state and its employees and uh, the governor and the state house um, have the magic answer to all the societal problems that right. result in this type of homelessness or unhousedness or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, might they get a short reprieve? Might they get a stay if they file something in court? I know they're looking into it. They might get a, a short reprieve so that they are allowed to fully brief the case um, you know, they would look at that as a victory that they beat the system. They're getting to stay. But at the end of the day, whether it's Friday or a week from Friday or two weeks from Friday, um, I think legally, um, the state has the right to remove this encampment from the state house grounds because of the, um, the law, the rule, the ordinance, whatever it is that says you can't sleep overnight on state house grounds. Tim Dodd, it, it essentially they're just going to enforce the law. What about the argument of, hey, you've, you've let us do it this this long. You can't start enforcing it now. Well, that's not a legal argument. Um, <laughs> no, to, to say that you've sat on your rights and therefore you waive your rights um, uh, is not a winning legal argument. Again, it might be good fodder for the media. It might be a good soundbite for the six o'clock news, but it's not a good legal argument. And finally, when, when these individuals, because not all of, them, all of them are homeless, some of them are homeless advocates that are protesting, but when they say, you know, you have no right to kick me out of my home, just because someone puts up a tent on state property, that doesn't make it their domicile or home. That just happens to be where they set up a tent for that particular day or night or week or whatever it is. No, it's, it's, it's not a home. And even if it is a home, I guess you could drive around the country pulling a trailer you yep. know, and say, that's my home. Oh, good for you. That's your mm. home. But it right. doesn't give you rights to the ground under which you are putting your tent or your trailer or your RV. So 
just because it's the place that they say is home doesn't give them rights to stay on property that they don't own and have Oops, no yeah, ten, no tenancy. Yeah. You know, they have no legal color of the law to be there. It's, it's seemingly more Tim Dodd, just at different times, the state seems somewhat lax in removing them from whether it's an underpass or wherever, but ultimately the side is on the state of the law, the governor, uh, the, the, what have you at the state house, they have the right to move these people out of there. Well, yeah, John. And yeah. I think that during this election cycle, these folks who were staying on the way uh, the state house grounds had a pretty good idea that nothing would happen to them till after right. the election, because sure. no politician would want to be seen as the person uh, moving them all out, yeah. but the election's over. Folks, again, we'll speak with our legal analyst attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, our next story moves us to Cranston. There's a young woman, college student apparently. Um, she's an amputee, and she goes to this salon on Atwood Avenue, I believe. And then um, they have some kind of a program where you go a certain number of times and they stamp your card. Well, she's going and she gets a manicure, and then the the person at the salon says, well, you don't qualify because we only do one one hand of yours because you are an amputee. You don't have two hands. Is there – they're not trying to claim that it was, you know, a communication mishap, what have you. But is there some kind of – is that an element of discrimination that she, that they're saying, well, you know, you don't qualify for the program because you only have one hand that we're doing the manicure for? Well, the, the, um, the news – article was a little confusing yeah and if it's been reported accurately i don't think this is truly a case of discrimination from what i understand is this young lady as a baby because of some infection had to have one of her hands um, um, surgically amputated yeah so now she goes in periodically to this nail salon and has whatever they do, um, nail polish, the the whole manicure deal. Now, apparently she pays half the price because obviously she's having half of the work done. And apparently they have some sort of a frequent guest program where they stamp a card. And apparently they do, they stamp her card every other time, which all seems pretty equitable. Hey, we're working on not two hands, one hand, we'll charge you half. Hey, you know, you're not getting the full service, so we'll stamp your card every other time you come in. That all seems like a reasonable accommodation. Now, the, the complaining individual says that when she presented her card or asked for the discount, the young person who was giving her the manicure said, no, we only give that to people with two hands. Now, <laughs> I, I, I find it difficult to believe that such a blunt statement would be made now the owner of this nail salon jumps in and says this was a language issue right this was a miscommunication issue now i'm not about to generalize about the ownership of the salon or who works in these salons but i know a lot of times the salon workers english is certainly not their first language no and the words spoken could have been garbled in the translation, but it sounds like this business has worked with this young lady who has unfortunately just the one hand worked with her. So we'll charge a half. We'll stamp your card every other time you come in. It doesn't sound like a place which is practicing discrimination. Yep. And, you know, the owner said, why don't you come in? We'll have a sit down. We'll talk. We'll make it right. Uh, the young lady says, I don't know that I'll go back there, but it does sound like a business that's made a good faith attempt to deal with a somewhat unusual situation yeah. and perhaps had an employee with a language issue who don't, didn't quite say the words in the right way, but said those words, it seems to me, without a discriminatory intent. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DeVito Show. The Coe Set In 
226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining us right now, he is a columnist with the Boston Globe. It is our friend Dan McGowan. And Dan, I'd like to start off with uh, one of your colleagues, Alexa, I believe, wrote a, a good piece on this warming station that they're trying to get started, the McKee administration in the Cranston Street Armory. I'm, I'm a little... Uh, I, I like the way he won't answer questions. You know, they're having a meeting and they don't explain. Why don't you use more of this place? It's enormous. They're all just going to be in one area. Um, but um, it's it's pretty uh, fascinating to watch how this homeless problem or unhoused, whatever we're calling it, um, is, is playing out with the McKee administration right now. Yeah, it's the second year in a row where this is, you know, kind of the, the topic right around the holidays. Um, obviously, it always becomes an issue when it's a little bit colder and, uh, you know, and, and, and certainly in the last, you know, last year it was kind of treated in some ways, I think, as a little bit of a political stunt, right? Because right. it was the, the Matt Brown and the, you know, the progressives that kind of, you know, uh, did that. I mean, this time around, you're, you're, there's no question, anyone who drives around Rhode Island, particularly in Providence, you are yeah. seeing more of these kind of uh, homeless kind of camps and campments yep. pop up. Um, and this is obviously the most high profile one. It is fascinating to see how the, the administration, you know, is, is handling it. It's like they didn't, it, it is almost like, and unfortunately this is, you know, sort of the way it's not, it's, it's in some ways not a surprise with the governor last year, he did have every right to kind of treat it as a political stunt. And this year it is less of a political stunt. I think, um, but they're almost in the same way, kind of struggling, caught flat-footed in terms of ways to address it. I mean, as you and I speak, they're kind of handing out, I guess, um, like eviction notices over yes, there. Yes, to be out, uh, what, Friday morning by 9 o'clock. Yeah, and so they've got, you know, they, they're, they're trying to figure this all out. I mean, look, it's a difficult situation. You see through um, Alexa's reporting on, you know, trying to turn the Cranston Street Armory into a warming station. You know, they're struggling to find the kinds of providers, you know, the, the nonprofits basically that can even, that are even want to do this. Uh, and so, you know, it's a multifaceted approach and it is, look, it's also a population that is, that's really hard to deal with. You know, you, you again, I'm, I'm only going off of some of the social media reporting on the eviction notices, but you get people to say, look, I want to be with my wife. I want to, you know, have the sleep in the same bed or sleep next to each other. And a lot of these shelters, you know, you can't do that. You know, they try right. to break it up. And so it's a very, it's a, it's an incredibly complex issue, but I, I think it's one that's also not going to, uh, this is not one that now you can kind of just write off as, oh, it's just, it's just the political cooperative. I think this is going to be a headache for Governor McKee uh, as he heads into his inauguration just a couple of weeks. And on top of that, um, there's other things you don't think of. For instance, do they have, you know, as I like, as the article points out, do they have, you know, restroom facilities at the armory? Of course they do, but they're not ADA compliant. That's right. Uh, every store, there's so many stories you read, Dan McCall, where the people have a pet and, you, you know, you can't bring pets into these places. So they don't make it easier. What, what was your, degree you were off, but what was your thought on them? basically crashing into the the tree lighting ceremony it's affected the governor so much that this talkie may move the swearing in ceremony in the convention inside it, it's as if he they just i don't i don't know he's got he's got a target on his back but let's start with the going in they weren't saying they were chanting as trying to do the tree lighting ceremony. Yeah, it was a little a little reminiscent of all those years ago when uh, the teacher shouted down Mayor Lorza, yeah. uh, you know, during his State of the City address uh, uh, back in 2018. Uh, it had a, li- had a little bit of those vibes from what I, from what I saw. I mean, th- the, the hard part about this is, is that uh, uh, doing things like that 
allows then the governor to believe everything is political, right? So he almost gets to write off the more, you know, I'm going to say like stunts that happen, the more he gets to say, oh, it's just, you know, it's it's actually just my enemies that are against me or, you know, uh, these kind of things. But the problem is, is I I do think it's a little more complex or complicated than that because, again, now he's won. He doesn't have anybody running against him. Right. And you can't just write off everything as, you know, my, my opponents are, are kind of out to get me. Um, this is that uncomfortable thing that he that he's really going to have to deal with. At the same time, look, he, he's right that they need to do something about getting people off the, you know, the steps of the statehouse. Brian Crandall's story, uh, Channel 10, the other yeah. day. It's really important, right? That yep. people are finding needles. They're, oh. you know, that's a place where I think particularly, Crash. you know, I think particularly around, uh, you know, we always think of, of summer months as months where you know people like to get their wedding photos taken, things like that. But in the winter, I mean, the state house is beautiful in the winter, right? Right Light up. It's, uh, you know, people love to come and take a picture if they're, you know, if, if they find their way into Rhode Island. And uh, I think this is a really, you know, a tough situation for that. And again, more than just, you know, the inconvenience for people who might have to see something they don't like. Again, it's a safety problem. You've got needles out in the statehouse. Again, Brian Crandall's a trustworthy reporter. He, he, I, I believe every bit of what he reported. I think you've done this too. Um it's something that the governor really has to address and he's uh but he, he once again I mean, it just feels like he's kind of got this situation where he almost he almost wants to blame it on his his political opponents more so than maybe um uh the you know address the bigger problem yeah i was up there last last week and i'll tell you at night you know, what's intimidating is you don't know if there are people in the tents or not, not right. in the tents. There's a lot of shadows around the state house. So suddenly there's like two people behind you. I, I found it kind of, you know, definitely you definitely have to have to be on guard and you don't know. Come on. It's Providence. It's nighttime. You don't know if these are friendly people, if they're not friendly people. I did see a, a lot of the trash. And then I wondered, are these people like just go into the train station every time they have to use the facilities and apparently according to crandall's report they're not doing that which makes right. it even but well, it is it, I, i'll tell you just... it is definitely a hurdle like if i were hey you know we're walking along and you're on a date or with a family and so forth i i'm telling you it's i would not go up in around there because you don't know who these people are that are around you yeah and by the way it's the same concept look I, there's nobody as you know you guys talked about this i've talked about this for years there's nobody who's more of like a pro providence guy than i am right it's, it's it is absolutely true it's the same concern you have if you're walking you know anywhere downtown through kennedy plaza uh you know in most uh, on many nights right you it's not that you you're not a bad person for having to look over your shoulder and feeling a little bit nervous at times when you do know there's you know activity happening in the plaza in the parks and certainly now you know in some cases outside of a state house where potentially there is you're going to have somebody who might be you know whether they're unstable and they're actually you know seeking to do harm those things are you know incredibly real at the same time look the, the challenge that i think the governor has here is there there is this reality of you know it, it, it is much more it's much more difficult than it sounds to say you know round them all up and throw them in you know into a shelter you can't force them no. into a shelter and i do think you know sometimes that that these these crowds and particularly i think ones who you know if, if you're staying at the state house there is an element of this where you are trying to make a statement right right and yeah. and i think when you're in groups you know you become a little bit more emboldened um and so like even if they're not the activist class right the progressive class but it just you know a handful of people who say well they're not going to do anything to us you know they, they they need to provide us better shelter let's stay you know uh kind of in unification let's stay fortified so to speak um i, I think that's the the challenge the governor has uh the governor has with the folks who who you know who are homeless because they are that some of them just don't want to go to a shelter unless no. it is the absolute you know the coldest day of the year even then right. sometimes you don't want to see that uh and so this is this is going to be a tricky one, and it's going to be one that he's going to. I think again, he's going to have this as one of his, you know, the, the issues that he doesn't really want to address uh, for the next, you know, for, through the winter months, probably. 
Yeah. And before we take a break, Tamika, one thing is, I mean, and again, I talked to so many of them. They, they don't want to go to a shelter. What I mean by that is they want free housing. I don't think the McKee administration have done a good job to, to break it out because they have a lot of their belongings. They don't like to have to carry them around. Sometimes they have a pet. A lot of them have drugs or, you know, or a weapon or, or whatever. They don't want to be separated. What they want is they, they like the Nilo Hotel. Because then That's they right. could leave all this stuff, and you know, you're not all this moving around. I mean, the shelter. I mean, I wouldn't want to stay in a shelter. It's loud. You're in the room with other people. All these people making noises. You have all this stuff. There's theft. There's, right. there's problems. There's a lot there, of problems. And there are very, you, there, there are very you, real problems. What I was going to say, John, was was the 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 thing about this is that you you've just hit this on the head. And there's look, there's a policy argument from you know certainly you would hear this from kind of the homeless providers and folks like that who say. Like this is why you you shouldn't have you know restrictions on shelters or on some of these you know this housing right you shouldn't have sober housing because that is a you know an automatic uh, you know a, a deterrent in some ways things like that the problem is is that that's a much more complicated much more expensive conversation to be having um, and right now I think the governor is in this spot all state people you know state leaders are in this spot of saying you know what, like, we're willing to have that conversation down the line. It's something that needs to be vetted out, you know, with the General Assembly and things like that. We want to provide you options right now. We want you off the steps of the State House. The problem is, is that they're, they're willing to kind of stay, to stay there. Oh, yeah. Um, and so now it's a standoff in some ways. Yeah. Um, one, one more thing, Dan McGowan. I, I spoke with some of the uh, neighbors. There was an encampment. Uh, off of Broad Street, back behind the McDonald's. And I, I talked to neighbors. They said every night, first of all, this, granted it was warmer months, but they'd be up till 2 o'clock. People making noise till 3 o'clock. There's, there were fights every night. Right. I mean, come on, some of the people that have either a drinking problem or drug problem, they tend to get loud, and they stay up very late, and they well, fight amongst I, each I, other, I, by the way. I hate, yeah. to, I hate to say it, but if you don't have anything to look forward to the next yeah. day, right, you're not getting up to go to work necessarily. No. Um, and, and so, yeah, you do, you know, this, this is what happens, right? When you have, uh, in a, a, you know, a population that is in some, in many ways, very unstable. Yeah. You're going to have fighting. You're going to have people, you know, sleeping together. You have all kinds of things <laughs> happening in these right. encampments. Folks, quick break, much more ahead. Dan McGowan, Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro show. remain healthy stop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can also look for her on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401 305 3585 diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. 